Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. He's the co-founder and CEO of a Hereford and Malvern-based tax startup, providing a unique testing solution for the measurement of energy performance in homes and buildings and has a track record of entrepreneurship starting when he was just 17, which I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> all about. Uh, previously, he's worked alongside his parents managing a specialist design consultancy within the construction sector. He is Tom Fenton. Hello. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? You okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, Thanks for good. having me. No, no, not at all. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. You're a busy guy, so I appreciate the, uh, the yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's, nice. <laughs> it's a nice change, actually, to get out of the office and uh, come and do something different, I guess. Good, good. That's a, that's, that's a good thing in itself, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Cool. So uh, just before we get started, your your current business uh, is Veritherm and the website is verytherm.co.uk. Yeah, yeah. If anyone Verithirm. wants to check you out, which is V-E-R-I-T-H-E-R-M. Yes. And we'll pop all that and your social links and everything into the show notes. Fantastic. Cool. So let's dig in. So you live around Hereford. Yeah. So I live in Barterstreet in Hereford, mm-hmm. cool, um, cool. but I've, I've grown up in Hereford all my life. You know, yeah. I've done the uh, whole working away in London and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But I think everyone kind of comes back home at some point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm just saying to you then really uh, passionate actually about the area. Yeah. I think it's got a lot to offer. You know, we've got a young family, so it's the perfect place to to be really yeah um, yeah definitely really like it's, it. it's a good place for mm. uh, for kids isn't it okay cool so you we went to school in hereford did you or? yeah so i went to white cross in hereford right. um so yeah did a lot of sport and things uh, there yeah um it was just turning into a, a sports college i think when i uh uh, arrived so it was changing from the the bad reputation that it used to have and it was <laughs> right, starting to get okay. a little bit better but no uh yeah, White Cross in Hereford. My other half is uh, from Hereford as well and went to the same school. So it's uh, okay, cool. very much uh, a home-based lad, I guess. Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, I mean, like you say, it's a good area and uh, yeah, yeah. why not? Okay, exactly. so sport was your thing at school, was it? It was, yeah. I think my parents are quite sporty people and competitive and that rubbed off on me, really. So yeah. um, did a lot of cricket and rugby mm. and things like that. Um, at a reasonable level you know yeah. county and stuff oh, really? so really enjoyed that as a youngster and that's that's what was my thing really yeah. um and then got into rowing as i was a teenager uh, okay. quite, although i was quite a lot shorter than i am now so i'm thinking oh, really? that i probably <laughs> should pick it up now rather than back then when i was uh yeah not quite the the right build but no that was a that was another passion of mine when i was um a little bit younger so yeah okay really i've never good. done any rowing but um people that i know who row are like they're into it aren't they it's you're like, either you into row. it or you're not you know it's not something you can you can dabble with i think so yeah it was yeah. uh Probably from the age of, you know, 13 to 17, you know, traveling around the country, oh, really? regattas, right. things like that. My parents were into it as well. So, you know, my dad's rode at Henley and things. So, okay, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it was just uh, 
getting involved from a young age. I actually used to cox when I was a, a right. kid. So yeah, I've grown <laughs> up with it for a long time. Uh, so yeah, I coxed my mum down the Thames in the head of the river when I was probably 12 or something really? like that. So yeah, it's quite, quite a, a cool little um, sport to be involved with, to be honest. Yeah, it seems like it, it sort of requires a lot of like training and it's practice tough. and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, never it's quite... pretty gruelling, you know. Um, winter training sessions, I remember on the, the Ergo or the rowing machine that we, you know, it was just dreadful. But if you didn't do that kind of stuff, you you couldn't keep up, you know. And really? It's quite uh, a challenging sport in that a lot of it is just side-by-side -side racing. So, you know, you can get found yeah. out quite quickly if, you, <laughs> if you're not up to scratch. So, yeah, it, it, it's really good, but it, it did re require a lot of dedication. And then, you know, you grow up and start drinking and get involved with women and stuff. And then that's, uh, that's that, that dedication out the window. But no, um, yeah, really, really good fun. Yeah, fun yeah. Times. Yeah, yeah, I grew up near Cambridge, so uh, oh, great. lots yeah, of yeah. rowing there. Yeah, yeah, time. so, uh, you know, lots of uh, good stuff with the Cambridge-Oxford boat race and things. Yeah, Always, yeah. Uh, go and have a look at that, so, yeah. And they seem to have to start at, like, 5 a.m. Yeah, well, yeah. what you don't think <laughs> is that, you know, with that type of race, you tend to have to row to the start or row to the finish, and, you know, it's, mm, it's yeah, early yeah. mornings, and, and, you know, it's it's there's a lot, lot. To, not to do on race day really in, yeah uh, yeah in that type of thing. do you think that sort of uh, dedication and uh, and and discipline i suppose has stayed with you or you know into, into not so much uh no, I'm a, you know as i said i've got a young family so the, the sporting side has been difficult because it's it's a mm. lot about time and you know finding the time to do these types of things but i think just from a you know a general um persona point of view yeah i think i'm relatively dedicated to anything i do so maybe you know yeah. i picked that up from from my early sporting days <laughs> i guess uh yeah yeah, yeah I'd say so. i guess you kind of either take it on board and bring it through into adult life or you sort of reject it and yeah <laughs> yeah and you're way. rebellious and you kind of take <laughs> that way but no i'd, I'd say I'm, I'm very committed person um when i put my mind to something so yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that's where it's from i've never yeah. really given it much thought <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay so cool so you're probably you're a pretty good student i guess at school and stuff uh, Do I yeah i guess more? so i think i was i was quite <laughs> mediocre to be honest in terms yeah. of middle of the class you know i was quite oh, well yeah. behaved um bit more rebellious as I, as I left school, I'd say. Um, so yeah, I was a, a relatively good student, but like I said, really into the sport at, at yeah. school. Um, so that was my main thing. And then everything else kind of came second. Uh, <laughs> I think my mum would tell you I didn't really get stuck into much homework and stuff. Right, but, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I came out with all the, you know, enough GCSEs and stuff, not that I think that they matter a huge amount, to be honest. Some sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, yeah, I was a, I was an okay student. I'd yeah, say. okay. Yeah. So where did you go after that? What did you know? What you wanted to do? Or? Uh, well, I was really not keen on um, going down the education route in university. To be honest, right, I was okay. very keen to get stuck into to work and stuff. So okay. I started an apprenticeship actually in Hereford mm. with my parents, um, and then me being a sixteen year old and them wanting me to kind of 
work um, <laughs> in a certain way it didn't quite go to plan so we decided to part ways uh, at that stage and I actually carried on my apprenticeship with a local company in Hereford uh, okay. and did a right. lot of uh, design and engineering stuff like that right okay uh, so that was with a company called KGD mm. uh, and they're based in Rotherwis right okay and I did another two or three years there and I thought I, I just need to get away I think I'm not quite um fulfilling my potential and I need to go away and do my own thing so at that point I decided to pack up my bags and uh live abroad and go skiing oh, yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> nice. um but I think that actually gave me a lot of experience so I was working overseas dealing with lots of people um I was like a a ski rep okay yeah. um so I think that was actually my first kind of proper um bit of work that I felt challenged me in terms of I was enjoying myself, but um, I was having to deal with a lot of crap, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, dealing with lots of different people. And, it, you know, it was a pretty challenging job. And it yeah. kind of turned me from a boy into a man, I guess, right. in terms of uh, I came back and I think I was a lot more um, understanding of, you know, why my parents wanted me to have a certain work <laughs> ethic and work in a certain way. So I think it did me some good going away and, and okay. learning those fundamental skills around, um, you know, just uh, putting the work in and making sure that, you you know, you've got all of your ducks in a row, to be honest. Yeah, nice. Where, where were you? So I was in the southern French Alps in a place called Alpe d'Huez. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which neighbours a resort called Ledezel. That's where um, I did my season. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of flipping between the two. Um, I did two ski seasons there. Um, so, mainly kind of picking people up from the airport. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, taking them on ski guided trips and stuff like that. So, it was, nice. you know, it was a great job to have, certainly yeah, at such yeah. a young age. So, yeah. Um, all of the other kind of reps around me were kind of late 20s and I was only, you know, 18. Right, um, yeah. How did you get trusted with that then? <laughs> well, I, I sat the interview and I, I, I felt like I just did really well. I was right. <laughs> prepared myself and I really wanted the job. So I just, you know, did my homework and, and sat quite a just good interview it. and they put their trust in me, really. But, nice, uh, fair play. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was a good job to have and I probably would have, carried it on longer if I could, but I think it was the right time to, you know, come back and then start to, you know, yeah. ground myself a little bit further. It can't go on forever, you know. No, I know. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I think I mean, one I'd season was about now. the limit for me. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, yeah. can't go on from a health point of view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the drinking and, uh, yeah, it's not the healthiest lifestyle in the world, but, um, yeah, certainly good fun. But, I still, you know, still big into the skiing and stuff and family yeah. life but yeah yeah really nice good. okay so uh, so you knew when it was time to come back and uh, get your head down uh, I mean I had a girlfriend at the time so that was half the the, um, <laughs> the decision making made right. um, but I then got a job uh, in London working for quite a big travel company oh right okay and um, I thought yeah I, I fancy a bit of that you know living in London and working for quite a big brand and doing lots of cool stuff so they sent yeah. me like overseas to like do promotional filming and stuff nice. like that so it's really good <laughs> and uh yeah i mean you you mentioned the the starting the business bit i've been selling ski 
kit online for quite okay. a while. So that's my first kind of attempt at, um, you know, working for myself and doing my own thing. So okay. it was challenging and, I, you know, I did okay from it, but I thought I need to, you know, start to um, earn a bit more money now. So I decided to kind of park that and okay. get a, a relatively decent job in the city. So what, what did you, do you have like an online shop or was it all I had of? an online shop. So what it was, was there was, you know, people working seasons who didn't really have a, a base to go for kind of information and equipment and things like that. So I set mm -hmm. up a website that kind of published information around jobs overseas and sold ski uh, okay. equipment and, uh, you know, clothing. And then I branded up some of my own clothes, clothing as well and vlogged that, you right, know, hoodies yeah. and things. And it went quite well, you know. It yeah, wasn't, yeah. And it kind of, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting at the time because I had all of these people kind of buying up hoodies from me and stuff. <laughs> and I was thinking, this is pretty cool, you know. <laughs> um, but in the end, it just kind of dwindled away. And obviously, it was quite seasonal with the, the skiing stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we, I, I kind of, stopped and, and decided to to move on and, and move into london really okay nice uh, just just one thing i noticed then about that is that the, the sort of marketing bit around that that you said you know you're putting out information for people and creating a an information hub for these season airs and then yeah. selling them the stuff how did you sort of know that that was the right thing to do i, just, I guess I'm, i've always kind of had this thing where i can what an opportunity, I think, in right. terms of, I just thought there's a gap there and people would, would want it, I guess. And right. uh, yeah, I just went for it really and thought, you know, if I give them the information, then they'll come and then I can sell, upsell them other things. Um, right, okay. So yeah, I, I guess that worked. You know, I was blagging my way through it. So I was ringing up kind of um, ski tour operators and getting them yeah. to pay me a bit of money for advertising and things okay, like that. Okay, nice. And, uh, you know, I didn't even have anyone visiting the website at that stage. But, you know, it, it okay. was it was getting me through the motions to actually have the confidence to phone up bigger organisations, have a chat and try and get some money out of them, really. So, right, okay. yeah, I, thought, I think it was good, um, a, a good learning curve, really, to understand kind of the fundamentals with business and yeah. um, what it's all about, really. I mean, if so I could you... go back and do it again, I'm sure I'd do a yeah, lot better job now. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was good at, at that age to be able to kind of go through that. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So you got some kind of entrepreneurial background have your business, uh, business, I mean, in terms of your, your, your parents? In terms of my family, yeah. I mean, my parents have their own, or have had their own business for a long time uh, okay. in the construction industry. So they right. have a design cult consultancy for commercial and industrial buildings. So, okay. yeah, they're, they're business people. Uh, yeah. You know, the wider family are, are, are quite, you know, entrepreneurial as well. So right, I think okay. I've grown up with it. Um, yeah. I never necessarily thought that I wanted to be my own boss or run my own business, you know, when I was at school. Mm. Um, but as soon as I was kind of out in the wider world, it kind of just started to happen, you know? It seemed like um, the norm, I suppose, to an extent, yeah. if you were surrounded by it. And why not, you know? Yeah, if, no, if, no, if absolutely. people around me are doing it, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, I don't want to be working for someone else. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've got enough kind of 
uh, passion and, and understanding to try and make this work for, for me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, kind that's... Of just, uh, you know, evolved over a period of time. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like it because, um, you know, it takes some people till they're sort of <laughs> 40, 50, yeah. 60, whatever, to get to that point. And, I think uh, half the challenge is, is just having the confidence to go for it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I've, I've been uh, quite uh, lucky in the fact that I've had a, a relatively good support network around me mm -hmm. to give me advice and, you know, a, a step up onto the ladder and things like that. But, you know, I think if, if anyone's wanting to do that kind of thing, then there's no reason not to, to jump both feet in. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, no, cool. Okay, so, so you came back from... Uh, your seasons then and um is this when you went to, to work with your oh sorry you went to london went to and london to do for the, a couple the, of years the, and then the my, my dad give, gave me a phone call actually and he said you know um i'm not getting any younger the, the business <laughs> is um the business kind of needs someone like you now um yeah you know what do you think about coming back i know we parted ways back when you were 16 but how, how do you feel about joining the family firm again Right. Okay. Um, and by that point, you know, I, I'd had enough of the, the city life and thought, you know what, that actually probably suits me. Yeah. Um, and I came back and, yeah, we started working together um, probably close to a, a decade now in terms okay. of working within the family ecosystem. Um, yeah. But I quickly kind of put my mark on the business, I guess. I didn't just come in and want to... Um, you know, be an employee. I was mm. very much coming in to, you know, help them make changes and, and improve the business, to be honest. Okay, um, yeah. So that was my kind of stipulation is I'm not coming in to, to work for you. I want to I wanna come in and kind of uh, have, a, have a view on the business and try and kind of um, expand and improve what you've already got. Yeah, okay, okay. And like... I've got loads of questions around that, I think, like, <laughs> what it's like to, to work in a family business, because yeah. there's a few things, obviously, at play, yeah, working yeah, yeah. with your family, being yeah. one of them, and then I suppose the other one is, like, coming in and being seen, you know, obviously, you're part of the family. Yeah. Did you have, kind of, any issues with other staff that you sort of had, you yeah. know, is that a difficult thing to navigate? I mean, in terms of working with your family, you know, it's difficult. You have your ups and downs, and, you know, when you sit down for a meal on the weekend it's it's difficult to get away from yeah. talking work um but over time we've established a dynamic you know my mum works within the business as well so yeah. we're, we're all working together all of the time yeah um and yeah it, it, in the end we've just we've just found out how all, each kind of um person functions within the business and 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 have made it work really mm. but in terms of there's always a common goal and we're all quite hardworking and passionate about what we do. So it's never yeah. a, a case of someone not pulling their weight or not kind of committing themselves to what we're trying to do. So right, I think yeah. that makes a huge difference in terms of making it work as a family collective. Um, in terms of any kind of pushback from staff and things, that was one of my main concerns coming into the business is that right, yeah. I was coming in probably at a higher level than than you know, someone would normally come in at. Yeah. Um, and starting to kind of manage people who have a lot of knowledge and have been kind of there for, for some time. So, you know, I, I personally just thought the only way that I can make this work is if I prove myself and gain the mm -hmm. trust 
of mm. uh, you know the the staff members. So I made it my mission to be um, hardworking and proactive and, and clue myself up on the business quite quickly. Yeah. So that yeah. I kind of got their respect quite early on, really. Right. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah my my main concern coming in, but it was kind of I, I made sure that that wasn't going to be an issue kind of right, moving okay, forward, yeah. I think. So, yeah, it, it panned out in the end. And, you know, I think I, I uh, managed to pull my weight and, and um, yeah, work. It, it was working collaboratively as well. You know, I was never telling people what to do. It was okay, just kind of yeah. trying to, to improve certain aspects of the business, to be honest. Yeah, and were your parents conscious of that dynamic as well and kind of, like, treating you like one of the, one uh, of the guys kind of thing? Yeah, so they, they were very much like, you know I, I would never get extra holidays or time yeah. off or anything like that I would you know we're quite regimented in that fact in that as a family you know we uh, yeah they, they were making sure that I didn't get any extra time off I was you know working all the hours that I needed to be so there was never mm-hmm. any kind of um, special treatment for me yeah. if that makes sense so I think they were conscious of that and they were very yeah. kind of enforcing of it really to be honest yeah, yeah. No, I've always thought that must be a kind of, yeah, yeah. A tricky one to, to work out, but mm. it sounds like you did all the, the right got, things. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's challenging at times and it still is because, you know, they're, yeah. they're involved in, in, in this other business that we we run as well. So, uh, yeah, it works. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, excellent. Well, I guess kind of having grown up around it as well to an extent and that being the norm yeah well I mean the the office was originally bolted onto the side of our house so you know I'd walk through in my school uniform and they'd they'd be there working away so yeah like you say it's it's just been kind of there from a young age I guess and what do they what 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 does the business do so it's a design consultancy so uh, they're specializing in building envelope systems so cladding and roofing and basis architects in kind of specializing in particular areas of the the, the build um, uh, right okay so you know work on large supermarkets and sports mm-hmm. stadia and uh warehousing and stuff like that okay um, right so an architect so they'd sort of work alongside the architect and plug into the overall yeah so i mean the, the the way i tend to describe it is your architect's the gp who kind of tells you kind of what's going on but then he'll always push you to a specialist yeah into, okay, and you know sure. within the construction ecosystem the architect says this is what i want yeah but then he'll go to a structural engineer to um properly design the steel frame and then he'll go to a in building envelope specialist to do the you know external um elements of the building so that's where where we have our knowledge and mm-hmm. experience and ultimately where um, the very firm system that we've developed has, has stemmed I was going to say, really. yeah, I can now see the you link. You can see the segue, <laughs> yeah. So we, we were designing fantastic building envelopes, yeah. um, but we knew that there were so many pitfalls along the construction process that were, was ultimately meaning that our designs were never being delivered. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the construction industry has a very weird way of working in that there's not much testing and uh, verification of, performance um right which which basically means there's no accountability you know um, okay right things are designed to a certain way but they're never physically checked to ensure that they've actually been delivered so right okay this is so. unfolding now with energy but also other things like grenfell you know that, yeah, yeah that was a huge impact on on the business in that you know 
people have just had the run of the mill for a long time mm. in terms of you might have something that's designed on paper, but um, is it actually being delivered in practice? Yeah, yeah. So just to give a quick overview to people listening about what the system does, because obviously we've just run through it because I'm about to photograph it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but... um, so, so yeah, very firm basically is a uh, physical testing measure, method um, to measure whether the thermal performance of the building uh, matches the design intent. So the simplest way that I can put it is thermal performance is a huge part of, say, a building's EPC. Mm -hmm. um, but it's clear and research indicates that most buildings underperform in comparison to their EPC certificate. Okay, And it's right. largely down to inconsistencies in the building fabric. So whether that's okay. uh, poorly fitted insulation or uh, thermal bridging or uh, wet damaged materials, inferior products, they all contribute to building lose it, losing significantly more energy than mm -hmm. originally intended. Right, okay. So what Verithum does is it takes that designed figure. Mm -hmm. We deploy our equipment, which is uh, an array of sensors and things, uh, and we can quickly test whether the building is losing more energy than it should be, mm -hmm. okay. uh, which is ultimately what's required to kind of meet the demands of the coming decade and beyond yeah. <laughs> with carbon neutrality and all of that kind of stuff. So it's it's quite a unique system in that there's not much out there in terms of competition there are right, other ways okay. of doing it but we're kind yeah. of uh, a fast and affordable and a scalable solution mm. so um yeah we're, we're right at the cutting edge of of building performance measurement and we're hoping that you know this is uh, really going to scale up into quite a a, a successful technology um, but we're actually just passionate about the problem in yeah, which we're trying yeah, to solve yeah. you know regardless yeah. of the the business and and the ambitions that we're looking for there you know this technology is needed yeah um, yeah that's then, a, a yeah. good place to start isn't it and yeah i mean the analogy that i use all the time is a 200 pound washing machine okay goes through more rigorous testing procedures for energy efficiency than a £200,000 home. Really? You know, how, how's that right? <laughs> you know, we, we design things and then we never check them, but they're, yeah, they're, yeah. the buildings and homes are the most expensive things that we'll ever purchase in our lives. Yeah, And yeah. Um, I think it's a bit of a culture change that's required with the introduction of kind of physical measuring and, and, and making sure that things are actually how they should be, which is yeah. the gap that we're looking to fill. You're looking at. Yeah, yeah, because like we were just saying, sort of if you build a house and it all gets covered up, you don't know what's in there in terms of insulation and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just creating loads of problems. So it's actually known as the performance gap in the industry now, so it's a right, recognised okay. problem. Um, okay. And the industry is kind of crying out for uh, in situ testing and monitoring methods Okay. And there's very few out there at the moment because, okay. you know, it's it's a difficult thing to do. So mm -hmm. we've been developing this technology for, um, you know, probably around six years now. And we've just mm -hmm. got to the stage where it's commercially ready and we're starting right. to sell it to other people and businesses and stuff. So, okay. um, yeah, fingers crossed we can, um, you know, make a success of it. But we're certainly seeing a, an uplift in interest and i think we'll we'll do well yeah yeah okay so in terms of like the the tech side of it because when whenever i hear the term tech startup i'm always a bit like whoa mm. probably stuff i can't understand yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah lots yeah. of coding and things like that yeah have you learned that been involved in it or 
No, I, I haven't, help, to be honest. So. Um, we've had to rely on people to help us, you know, develop the software and the kit right, and things yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm a person from a background in construction and other things. So, yeah, coming into the tech world is completely new uh, to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you, you start to pick things up along the way, but I think it's important to also look at the bigger picture. You know, I'm trying to navigate the business, not write the code um, yeah, and, yeah, and okay. it's it's relying on people that are a lot smarter <laughs> things to, <laughs> to to help us do that and um that's been the challenge because one it's expensive to to get something up and running like this and and, mm. and get it built and developed so you know finding ways to fund the business and stuff has has, has been the ultimate challenge but once yeah, you overcome yeah. those barriers and understand kind of the, the way in which the the tech world kind of works then yeah, you, you can kind of shape a business model that is um, quite lucrative and, you know, you don't have to be sat there writing code and uh, learning right, kind yeah. of new, new <clears throat> skills. I think, um, you know, overseeing the business operation is ultimately what myself and my parents and things are, are, are trying to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So have you, had, have you sort of been through sort of funding things and and you know we talked about pitching and that sort of thing yeah, is that all yeah. stuff that you've you've been through in the, the last six years and, yeah a lot really so yeah. and and, and learned on the job and having yeah. to learn fast so you know sometimes you look back and think god i was pitching that you know four years ago what <laughs> what the hell was i doing but you know it's all part of the the process and yeah we've had to um pitch to businesses, investors, all of that kind of stuff along the way, um, right. try and access grant funding, you know, and it, it all yeah. it is all added up to, you know, ultimately allowing us to, to, to get this product to market. And we're just at the point now where we're starting to generate revenue from it and yeah, see interest. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's really nice to see because at times it's like, well, I could chuck the towel in here because, you know, it, it's <laughs> difficult. Um, but, but we've kind of, progressed and pushed on with it and yeah we're, we're getting there now i think well, what's one of the most difficult points that you can recall where you were like oh I'm... yeah oh there's so many there's so many points where it's just like i'd love well, to I hear about some of them i think i think the main um thing that deflated us was the reluctance for um government to assist and help with some of the stuff we're doing so okay. we sat down with the ministry of housing probably two or three years ago now and said look we've developed this proof of concept it can measure energy performance in buildings to mm. ensure that you know standards are being delivered this that and the other um and they were really interested in and keen but then they kind of just gave us the cold shoulder right. um you know didn't want to get us involved in some of the government-led case studies that were happening at the time, um, right. that kind of thing. And that really deflated us, to be honest, because we think yeah. we put so much effort into this. You're asking for solutions like this. You know, yeah. why don't you want us to get involved? <laughs> yeah. We're offering to come and test your buildings for free here. Um, but that's all part and parcel of it. You know, you've got to just keep going. And now, you know, two weeks ago, they're on the phone asking us to kind of right. get involved in government-led studies. And, okay. um, you know, the, we, we've had to go around the houses, but, you know, we're there now. Um, 
but more so on our terms. So, you know, it's... Is, is that just through sort of sheer persistence and keeping the relationship going? And I think so. We've just been relentless with it, to be honest. And, um, you know, not relying on government to mandate what we're doing, you know, going okay. selling the the benefits of very firm testing to, to people and users and homeowners and all of that kind of mm. stuff. Mm. And then, you know, that message has eventually drip fed its way back to the people who, who matter and then yeah. they're back on the phone saying, well, you know, I can see you've progressed significantly, you know, can you come and do X, right. Y, and Z? So, yeah, I think you've, there's been many times where we think, right, this, this is going against us here. But I think with the green recovery and stuff like that coming in now, um, all of the, the, the kind of uh, ambitions of the, the next, decade and beyond are, are pointing in our favor to be honest yeah, yeah 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 i mean i know from like my experience and learning about business and everything as i made the transition from being an employee to yeah. you know running my business like that's one of the things that's come up time and time again is this whole persistence thing and if you persist long enough you'll you'll, you'll get, get there, there kind yeah of thing. i'm so i'm such a believer of that you know um it, you just need to have 100% passion for what you're doing and yeah. you know not stop until you you get to where you want to be and I think that if I didn't have that attitude then this would have uh, been parked a, a long time ago to be honest yeah yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah yeah there's, there's this debate I've seen recently as well about um you know, should you do something that you're passionate about and everything? And some people saying, no, it doesn't matter, you know, just go and do it. But I don't know, to me, you have to have that passion because when you get to those difficult bits that you're talking about, yeah. that's what pushes I you through, so, isn't it? I guess so, but if, I, if, I, if you sat me down and asked me that question, I was never initially passionate about heat loss in buildings. Okay. Yeah. You know, ultimately, <laughs> I, I gained a passion from it, from investing okay. my time into the problem and realizing that I've got a solution to fix that problem. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. so thermal performance in building was never my passion, yeah. but I've become passionate about it because I believe that we've created something that can make a real difference. So I think that's okay. more, you know, you, you can invest yourself into anything. Um, I think that's kind of where, where where I'm at with it now. But something must have sparked that at the beginning, you know, to think even think to do this. Yeah, I think it was just project. our position in the industry. You know, we were right at the bottom of, of the supply chain. Um, we were coming up fantastic designs, but they were never being delivered. And we were thinking, you know, what, what's the <laughs> point in this? You know, why are you why are you even looking at a design led um, project if that the results are never actually going to be realised and celebrated okay, at the end right. of it. There was no accountability. Um, so their design. So, so just so I'm clear, that your parents' business is not just the the sort of look and everything of the building. It's it's got all the the insulation and that yeah, sort of so thing. Yeah, so it's mainly how the building the, the envelope goes together. So it's like you know okay. what are the junctions around windows, okay, what thicknesses of insulation should be used, how is this right. system going to be weathertight and, um, you know, thermally perform and all mm -hmm. of those types of things. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's almost never achieved once it's handed <laughs> over to the builder, you know. Um, yeah, okay, so some builders are great, some others uh, not so much. I mean, if I give you an example of the type of stuff that we were contending with, you know, we work with contractors who um, would have a job and a hundred mil thick insulation was specified. Mm. 
and they trim it down to 50 mil thick because it's concealed <laughs> in the walls so you'd never know um, ultimately you're getting half the performance of the building and oh, you know you're footing the bill for the uplifted energy uh, bills and the co2 <laughs> emissions that it's going to create so we thought that there's got to be some testing and right, verification okay. and accountability here yeah, so that okay. drove the idea right which okay. then kind of opened up into this big um you know debate around performance in buildings which is now right at the top of the agenda in the construction <laughs> industry and we're kind of right alongside all of the leading names and conversations and we're thinking well we could really you know make a difference here yeah nice okay so it came from a frustration and then you found a, yeah. a solution and and then it's yeah. like yeah this this thing actually well, we matters. sat around the table me my mum and my dad and thought yeah. should we go for this or not you know and yeah. we a bit naively we thought you know we'll get <laughs> we'll get something together in six months and we'll be making loads of money and you know all of that kind of stuff and you know the harsh reality of it is is you could have a fantastic idea but actually understanding who's going to pay for it you know what your market yeah. is how this thing is actually going to work and operate what's the business model around it yeah, you know it's taken yeah. so long to to get to a stage where we're starting to understand where we fit and, and yeah, how we deliver yeah. this at scale. So yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. But yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's quite funny really uh, when you look back, but yeah. So, um, so, so now, I mean, you're at this point where you're just bringing it to market and everything, I guess, is a bit of a, it kind of the race is on in a way because presumably there's, you've got competitors that are coming along at some yeah, point. What, yeah. How do you sort of structure it and, you know, what, what's the strategy? Do you mind me asking what's no, the no, strategy for kind yeah. of, you know, getting um, getting ahead of, of everyone and, and putting your mark down and saying we're the original and yeah. best? Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> is that, um, the first thing I'd say is, if you don't have any competitors, it probably indicates that it's a bad idea. So okay. I think competi <laughs> competition is a good thing. That's a good attitude, um, yeah, I like it. You know, if no one else is doing it, then you might be barking up the wrong tree. So okay. we, we think that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a good thing to have some healthy competition. But yeah. we're right at the forefront of that competition in terms mm -hmm. of our uh, market readiness and, and what mm -hmm. we're doing. So our intention is to keep in our lane and um, make sure that we we keep that first mover advantage and, and push on mm. with what we're doing another thing that's quite significant about our system is the the time it takes and okay. the right. affordability of what we're doing so right. existing methods to measure thermal performance have been very much academic Mm -hmm. So there's a three-week long test, um, wow. okay. but obviously the building has to be unoccupied for that time, and that's never going to, you know, float in in the construction sector when you're know, trying to hand over buildings and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So we've managed to develop a solution that can test a building overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, so within 12 hours, and it's become very affordable, and we've developed mm -hmm. a flat a platform that makes it very easy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's our USP, you know, it's quick, it's low cost, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's simple. And that's that's really what we're driving now. Right, okay, the other yeah. methods that are in competition with us are very, look, very much looking at monitoring. So actually okay. monitoring right. um, energy consumption and things over a period of time mm -hmm. to get an accurate gauge on thermal performance. Right, okay. But we want to strip it back a building level and make sure that occupant behaviors and things like that aren't affecting the results so you know yeah. if you like to sleep with your window open and the heating on 
and you use a monitoring tool to to understand performance that's that's going to yeah. play a part in the overall <laughs> yeah. result yeah. um we want to basically just check whether the building is adequately insulated or not yeah, um, yeah. And we remove all that variability and make it quite quick and fast so yeah it's it's challenging because you've got to convince everyone that our method and our approach is the right way to go. <laughs> yeah. um, so those are the yeah. challenges that we're contending with now is yeah. why should I go with you opposed to, to you know your competitors and um you know I think we we stand in good stead to to prove that very thumbs you know a, a good way to go. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like you know you've got that practical experience and that's where it's come from to you know create this practical solution whereas maybe some of the other solutions uh, as you say a little bit more academic theoretical yeah. based and yeah. that's it i'm not a building physicist you know i'm yeah. <laughs> we, we thought we want to make this available to anyone you know so they can buy the kit and test their own buildings or offer this as a service and you know it's it's all about the usability and the, the ease mm. and making sure that it's seamless and yeah, like you say, I think our background has enabled us to create a solution that that fits the market and um, understands mm -hmm. the difficulties in the construction process and it can be plonked in at any time and doesn't really affect um, the overall kind of project uh, delivery. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So um, just, just out of interest then again, like, are you sort of using those same principles that we talked about for your first business in terms of making a you know, making a place for people to come for useful information and everything, and then they see. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. We've, um, we've spent a lot of time on development, to be honest. So now it's all about marketing and, and making that uh, information readily available. So I think a strong focus now is maybe pulling on some of that experience right, and, yeah. and seeing how we, we um, promote and share information and making sure that, you know, we're not just... Uh, a technology provider but we're an educator yeah. as well so yeah. a big part of our our sales strategy is actually we're selling the training and everything that comes mm -hmm. along with using okay. the kit and what is the performance gap and why is it required yeah. so yeah i think we're, we're slowly evolving into that kind of uh organization where we'll almost become a scheme provider rather than okay. you know just selling some hardware and software we want to kind of oversee the delivery of this Mm. Um, and, and make sure that everyone's supported along the way, I guess. Yeah, and positions you as the experts, I suppose, and, uh, yeah. you know, the obvious choice for this kind of technology. Well, we hope so. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but no, I, I think the, the market's big enough for there to be a few kind of players. But, um, you know, we've got such uh, confidence in, in what we do. Um, I think that, you know, people can start to realize that and um, yeah, yeah. you know half the time it's about them buying into you and what you're selling yeah. rather than actually <laughs> what what the system is yeah, or does it's, it's a benefit that the system is extremely helpful and beneficial yeah. as well but i think half the 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 challenge is it making sure that people kind of are buying into what you're doing and, and what you're all about to be honest yeah yeah absolutely well no it's cool we were saying you know before about what goes on in little old Herefordshire that you know you, you don't know about and so, yeah this is a great example of something that you yeah for me anyway you yeah. find like going on in Herefordshire and you're like wow this like you know new technology I, I think it's such a thing. hotbed of you know interesting people and businesses and stuff like that you know 
yeah. it doesn't get the credit it's due half the time but um <laughs> yeah really really interesting to see all of the stuff going on in Herefordshire now and probably has been for many years you know it's it's no different um now that it was 20 years ago with regards to you know business and and, and the types of organizations that have lived here so yeah I'm very much keen to make sure that our business is being kind of scaled here rather than you know um, yeah. moving it elsewhere I think that's really important to us yeah. so we've got yeah. a, an office in Hereford we've got an office in Malvern and, mm-hmm. and you know no intentions of of leaving the you know the home counties and, yeah. and going elsewhere I think that's really important to us to be honest cool excellent excellent well yeah thank you very much thank you it's been been great um so just your website again veritherm.co.uk that's it yeah which uh, i think is being updated soon yep so all of the information about training uh, software equipment all of that kind of stuff becoming a tester becoming a partner um, okay yeah. all of the information about the performance gap that we chatted about will you know be on there cool, and, cool. Uh, yeah it's, yeah. it's uh, hopefully like you say uh, uh, a place where you can come for all of the information that you need on building performance. Yeah, nice. Okay. And then, um, yeah, you're on LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn, Tom Fenton. Tom Fenton we'll yeah. drop the links in. Uh, and you're Verifirm UK on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. That's it. So people can come find out more. Cool. Okay. No, thanks again, mate. Thank you very much. Really yeah, I really enjoyed it. Cheers. Take care. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.